Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. I greet you in the name of Jesus Christ today. We are glad that you have chosen to join us for this week's sermon of the Cape Elizabeth Church of the Nazarene. God's Word is full of timeless truths that are relevant to our lives today. Here's this week's message. I want to read for you today from the Gospel of Matthew, starting at chapter 28, the first ten verses, and the words will be up here as well. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord, descending from heaven, came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. For fear of him, the guards shook and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid. I know that you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has been raised, as he said. Come see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has been raised from the dead. Indeed, he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. This is my message for you. And so they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came to him, took hold of his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go, go to Galilee. There they will see me. This story of Easter Sunday is a story that's hard to tell without backing up just a little bit, kind of like the hymn we just sang. Uh, before you can sing, He arose, first you have to sing, Lo, in the grave He lie. And so, so this, this, this is a story where I found myself often reminiscing, of course, about what exactly happened on Good Friday. And often I found myself wondering what life was like the next day. Sometimes I've kind of imagined, surmised, that if he called fishermen to be his disciples, that maybe when they realize, oh no, our leader is gone, the one whom we thought God was with has died, and now what? I, I found myself often imagining they would probably have to go back to their nets, back to their fisher boats. But the beginning of this chapter tells us that this day is after the Sabbath. And so if it was the Sabbath, they would have rested, like many of us do when we take a day for bereavement after a loss. They, instead of going about their day, they have a whole lot of time to think, to mourn, to despair, to get angry, to, uh, as one song puts it, step outside perhaps, Take a deep breath and scream, what's going on? Like they are just wondering, like, what do we, how do we make sense of a world in which we were certain God was coming, God was doing something new, and, and it's all been disrupted? And they are just wondering, what happens now? And to fully understand the joy of Easter, of the resurrection, we have to fully understand kind of the turmoil of death. And we did that a few days ago, a couple days ago on Good Friday. On that day, we, we, we remembered what happened when the effects of our sin nailed an innocent man to a cross. We saw what happened when, when we let money determine how we treat one another. In that case, when Judas sold out a friend for some silver. We saw the debilitating, inhumane effects of torture enacted on someone 
who is more humane in His love for us than we often are with those who are close to us. And we saw just how far away our sin had separated us from the love of God. Finally, we heard that day the cry of dereliction, the cry of one abandoned by God Himself. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Words of Jesus on the cross. Those words are also the cry of one who had taken on the sin of the world. And those same words, perhaps we have cried at different points in time, the depths of our own despair, our own pain, our own loneliness. Jesus, in the throes of humanity's end, cried out with us for some kind of release. But there was no deliverance on that day. On that day, the world continued as it always has. The foundations of a world hell-bent on controlling one another with power and violence stood firm. It wasn't until the third day after that we might learn what it was like to have things turned upside down, to have another look at what happened, to see the foundations of the world shaken. The, the third day after, two women walked towards the tomb, and when they walk towards the tomb, they are walking the trail to death. It's a sad pathway to a broken body. And while they are on the way, Matthew tells us things already aren't quite what they should be, aren't the way that they would expect. The ways of this world are not quite right. The reign of sin does not indeed have a lasting foundation in God's creation. For he tells us the earth shook. And with that quake, our entire existence is turned upside down. A handful of us have been reading a book together by N.T. Wright, a bishop who has, who has said that in the scriptures, whenever an earthquake takes place, it's a moment in which the divine intersects with the mundane. It is when God the Creator intersects with His creation. The foundation of the world gets shaken, and the scriptures record that as an earthquake. And so this, this is a moment in which we see that indeed the way in which they are to understand how they're going to live their life now is going to be forever changed. Our way of life, the direction we go, what we might live for today was reoriented towards a new future. Not towards a dying future, not a future just filled with the remains of previous loved ones, but something else, something bright and beautiful dare I say, aromatic, <laughs> uh, something that could illuminate a darkened world the same way that, say, lightning illuminates a dark, uh, a, a dark night that's further blackened by storm clouds and rain. When that lightning strikes, you see for a moment something new has erupted into that darkness. And so, after uh, traveling to the tomb, what the women find is that God has indeed erupted in a mighty way into this world and has not finally abandoned His Son. They have seen a bright and glorious future in a darkened world. They find a world that's turned on its end from how they've understood it. That a man who refuses to fight like the rest of the world will not be forgotten. That a man who will love boldly in the face of opposition will never lose the love of the Heavenly Father. 
that when the world beats him down and destroys his body, that death will not have the final word. The women learn that the one who was crucified, the one who seemed abandoned by God, is the one to whom God finally spoke an eternal yes. If you've heard no a lot, a yes can make all the difference. A child who goes to school and is looking for that lunchroom table and hears no, not this seat, no, not this seat, no, not with me. When they finally hear a yes, it changes everything. When someone who's just graduated is looking for a job and someone says, no, not yet, you're not experienced enough, no, sorry, you're not the right fit, and here's no, and when they finally hear yes to their dream job, it changes everything. When someone is, is constantly beaten down and berated and said, you're not good enough, you're terrible, you're not worth it, and here's again and again no to any thought or activity that they might do, to have someone come alongside of them finally and say, you matter to me, you're important, you're pretty smart, changes everything. That yes makes all the difference. This one who is utterly abandoned by the world, by his disciples, and apparently by the Heavenly Father on that cross, on this day receives an eternal yes when the Holy Spirit breathes anew into his body. And in that moment, the Father raised this broken and crucified one, breathing his grace into Jesus Christ, revealing a world that believes that it can accomplish things through violence and through power, through monetary coercion, is in fact utterly powerless to the eternal plans of our Creator. The silver coins of Judas jingle no more. The mocks of the crowd resound no more. The physical violence enacted in this world holds no lasting power. Because the stone was rolled away and Jesus was raised from the effects of these worldly sins. And we remember this resurrection today, sometimes even wondering, okay, but why not a few days ago? Why not on the cross? Could God not have stopped the selling of innocent blood or the violence of a nation just, just intent on destroying people in this way? Couldn't he have stopped the machinations of a, of a coercive society? But he chose not to. The legions of angels were held at bay. And what does that mean for us this Easter Sunday? The fact that the Father let the Son die as one who would take on the full brunt of our sins, as one who experienced the forsakenness that is the result of sin, means that Jesus died as one of us. His resurrection is not a giant like... I told you so, God's now like, ha-ha, you killed him, now you're going to regret it. That should leave us quaking in our shoes. No, in this moment, when the women come to the tomb and realize he's raised from the dead, the angel says to them, do not be afraid. In other words, God isn't out to get us now. Our sin does not estrange us from God. No, instead, like that, we would expect that in this world. When you do something wrong against somebody else, it estranges you from them. It separates you from them. But what God is showing is that our sin doesn't separate us from Him. No, instead, in this world that's turned upside down by the resurrection, that has its foundation shaken, Christ's estrangement draws us nearer to the Father. 
When our Heavenly Father raised His Son from the dead with His Holy Spirit, it was the resurrection of one who had taken on our sin, who was abandoned, who was destroyed, someone who was nothing in this world, utterly, totally abased. He was not one for us to look up to with admiration. He was one who was despised. And when God raised that from the dead, it showed that there is no sin, there is no depth of pain, there is no void so dark in our soul that God cannot raise that as well. The resurrection of Jesus Christ by our Lord is also the hope of our own salvation because there is nothing that we might do that will drive us too far away. We cannot be so separated from God that He will not draw us back and welcome us back with His grace to save us from sin and let us share in the promise of the resurrection. We know this because there is already one who was separated from God, forsaken by Him in His greatest need, and yet God breathed His Spirit into that forsaken body and gave it life. He said an eternal yes to that one. And I believe that when the angel says, do not be afraid, he says it for another reason too. Yes, we do not have to be afraid of God. What happens in Jesus Christ on the cross and resurrection means that we do not have to be afraid of God. He is welcoming us no matter where we are. But I think it also means we don't have to fear a world that tempts us, that money is the answer to everything that tempts us that violent power and violent reactions are what you have to fear. As if the best answer to a dangerous world is in fact more danger. The words of the angel reminds us, the powers at play in this world do not last for eternity. But the practice of Christ's love receives that resounding yes that invites us into God's eternal plan. Today, we can share in the hope of Easter Sunday. We can enter into the promise of eternal life. By following God, repenting of sin, and turning to Him, we know that the promise is that He will raise us up. He will empower us also to live faithfully in this world. And all are indeed invited to believe God wants to save us from sin and wants to guide us. And we can just let Him save us, direct us, Strengthen us as we conform our lives to His will. Remember in this passage, there are two who don't let Jesus Christ be Lord in their life. Matthew tells us that they fell as though they were dead. But they're not dead now. If you can imagine with your mind's eye who they are. They are not dead. There is no death on Easter Sunday. Use your imagination. The scripture said they fell as though they were dead. They're still breathing. Their chest is still rising. They still exist in this world. In fact, at first glance, it might even see as we look at those two that they still might have some kind of power. They're still dressed in the imperial armor of the guards. They still probably have a weapon at their side laying there that if maybe they were to wake up, we would find this world is still running the way it always has. Yet Matthew reminds us that those who have rejected Jesus are as good as dead because they have rejected the only one who can save them from death. They have denounced the one who will let them share in his resurrection. 
They have rejected the one who we come to learn that God the Father has indeed refused to reject. And so despite their current positions of authority, they are shown for what they are, dead men without a future. For the only lasting future is one that is found in those who are willing to look upon the resurrected Christ. Today on this Easter Sunday, we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus because it means our salvation. It means that the perils of this world are fleeting and temporary. It means that because he was raised from the dead, life has been promised to all of us. And so the words of the angel, the words of Jesus Christ spoken to these women are words for us as well. Do not be afraid. And they are real words of encouragement. Do not be afraid. Matthew doesn't speak these words in vain. He's shown us. He's firmly attached to the real world. He knows how dangerous it is. He knows there's real reason for fear. Jesus had died. The powers of the world haven't changed. People might still kill you, reject you, or sell you out. But yet he still, Jesus still says to the Marys, do not be afraid. These fears and these results are only temporary. What is eternal is indeed the forgiveness of sins and the life everlasting. And the awe of the resurrected Lord will surpass the awfulness of this world. We need not fear because the awe of the Lord will see us through. We will share in eternal life. Today we might live in a world of terror. Do not be afraid. Jesus is risen. We might live in the midst of a recession. Do not be afraid. Jesus is risen. Pain and sorrow might afflict us. Do not be afraid. Jesus is risen. We might hear of madmen with weapons. Do not be afraid. Jesus is risen. Those who you once held dear may turn their back on you. Do not be afraid. Jesus is written. This is what Easter Sunday means. There is no sin God cannot save. There is no depth to which God will not meet you where you're at. There is no power in this world that God cannot overcome in the power of the resurrection because Christ is risen. If you have not heard the power of these words, do not be afraid. If the salvation of our Lord has not freed us from the fears of this world, if you have felt ever estranged by God, I want you to know that He will meet you exactly where you are and there can be found release. And the women, they will run off to tell the disciples. And Jesus will meet them. And they're going to fall at His feet and they're going to worship Him. I want you to know today, wherever you are in your life, if you need to meet Jesus today and hear Him say to you, to your heart, do not be afraid. Go forth. You will see Me. And I want you to know that is available for you today. We're going to come forward and we're going to receive the grace of Christ. And I want you to know that His salvation is present for you today. And, and even this story of the dead men, the men as dead, uh, on the side of the tomb, uh, even if we've ever in our life said, man, but I've turned away from God. I've denounced Him. I, I've turned away and, and, I've, and I've gone the other way. This is the day where we recognize even those who are dead are raised up and that there is no depth 
There is no rejection so great that God will not and His great love say, Come, I welcome you into my family, into my love, into the grace I have for you. This is what Easter Sunday is about. The joy of the resurrection and the liberation from the power of sin that keeps us from God. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you again for this day, this Easter Sunday, where we celebrate the resurrection. And in celebrating the resurrection, we are not just celebrating an event long ago, but the eternal truth that you will always reach out to us in the darkest of tombs, in the hardest of moments, when it seems like all hope is lost. There you are pleased to dwell and to breathe new life. Thank you for that continued engagement in our world. May we continue to see how you are with us through every moment and every step. And we pray that you would help us to go forth from this place with that renewed sense of joy, that renewed sense of purpose and commitment to your way and the way in which you have desired and designed your creation to be. Help us to live faithfully to you with the promise and the hope of the resurrection on our minds in our hearts, and on our lips. Amen. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. We hope this sermon has encouraged you with the gospel of Jesus. More sermons are available online at our website, capenazarene.org. May God bless you abundantly as you serve Him today.